Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Underhood Show presented by Mel Hamilton Ford. My name is Phil Nightingale. Josh Prophet. Morning, Josh. Good morning. And I uh, got kind of a funky little deal going on the screen there, Josh. You're trying to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I, uh, I was trying to get that banner across that whole thing earlier. and I think Cutting me an, off and holding I, you out there. I think it's an update that they did. I thought mm-hmm. that was That's why I said you just way. want to show your whole thing, don't you? <laughs> no, I get, cut me no. off at the chin here. <laughs> No, that is not uh, was not the intent. In fact, I thought it was the other way around. But, uh, uh, got me cutting off right at the old chin. I got something on my chin or something. Mm, nope. Okay. <laughs> hey, everybody! It's a call-in show three one six four six two three six seven three. Anything alien your car, tires, brakes, batteries, anything in the automobile world, anything in the racing world, anything you want to talk about. Love to answer your questions or even just some comments about something. We always have some fun with that too, don't we, Josh? For sure. So anyway, 316-462-3673, this number to dial up. It comes right to our front desk. Tell the girls you want to get passed into the, patched into the podcast, and we'll take your question. And as always, Josh, what's in that lovely package that valued over 130 bucks? So we're going to mail it out to you, but it's going to consist of the works, which is an oil change and tire rotation. We use uh, Motorcraft oil and filter products here at Mel Hamilton Ford. Uh, while we're performing that, we're also going to complete a multi-point inspection on your vehicle, checking over the brakes, tire, steering, suspension, all the safety-related components on that vehicle, making sure that it's ready to go for that next 5,000 miles of driving. You'll also receive $10 to Mel's Diner, so you can get yourself something to eat and drink while you're here with us at the big corner. Complete nitrogen for your tires, so you get all the great uh, benefits that nitrogen has to offer. And then uh, BG Products Package, which is going to consist of a can of MOA or motor oil additive for your engine oil. And then CF5 for your fuel system. Again, just getting that vehicle geared up and ready to go for that next 5,000 miles of driving. All right, 316-462-3673. Love to hear from you and uh, get you that great price package. Warren Jason Cox. Beautiful Saturday morning. I said, God dang it, Josh. We were out at the ballpark last night. It was a little chilly. <laughs> it was a little chilly. And we were out there for the kids' takeover of the ballpark. And normally it's warmer than that. But boy, it was a pretty chilly deal there uh, last night at the ballpark. We still had a lot of fun and everything else, too. Yeah. Delbert Art, good morning as always. Um, had a lot of kids out there. We could have had some more. But uh, I don't know that deal. <clears throat> I messed with you. that thing. I messed with that thing trying to get it to go across full screen. You just and then cut I me off at the chin. I guess. Honestly, I thought when I was sitting there, I was like, that's on my side. It's no big deal. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turns out, yeah, not you so probably much. locked it on me, is what you did, didn't you? Yeah, I don't uh, If you can figure it out, uh, that's I'm not going to, because the normal I'll do, I'll cut us off and we'll be <laughs> off the air. So, I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> it'll, it'll be all over. So, you just know, everybody look on the screen. You'll see that Josh has purposely put that over on my side to cut me off. You don't want me to see anything below my chin. There you go. So, but yes, it was a little bit uh, chilly out at the ballpark. Did have a good time though. Uh, was for t- kids take over the ballpark uh, out there, and so yeah, it. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if they ended up winning or not. That's a shame. But uh, well, I think they were getting beat last I saw. Yeah. I think it was six to one the last score yeah. that I saw. So that's too bad for the wind, the wind surge. surge. But uh, it is what it is for that part. So I'm sure the of course playing in that cold like. I started talking to Shannon. He talked about think about when you hit that ball. So I on baseball, yes. Uh, football, man, I think that'd be even be with it being cold like that, and that ball comes zinging in there and smack you or something. It would, uh, yeah, it would hurt for sure. Yeah, very true. <laughs> what a chin it is, really. Okay, Delbert, <laughs> come on in. The water's warm, Delbert. Josh has got go. me all fixed up here, and Delbert's going right along with me. So. Well, we've got a caller on the line, so let's go to the phones and talk to Jason. Jason, you're on live with Under the Hood. How are you this morning? Hey, morning, guys. How are you? Happy Saturday. Same to you. What do we got going on today? So, so quick question. My 
2015 Ford F-150, I brought it to you guys because the oil pan gasket was leaking. Well, I took it there, got it in, and then come to find out that the head gasket was leaking. So I got that rescheduled, and they just got the part in. But my question is, would the head gasket cause the uh, problem for the oil pan gasket leaking? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's very possible that it was leaking and running down, and we just didn't look far enough up. I mean, very possible uh, from that part that it just kind of – you know, ran down out of the backside of that head or maybe back by the, where the intake and the head connects together. There's something there. It's usually probably where I would say it was coming from. It was on the bottom side of the head. Most likely there it would be coolant leaking. But, uh, yeah, I'm afraid maybe that probably was it all along was the uh, actual head gasket leaking. Did we see a lot of head gaskets on? So don't hardly, yeah, don't hardly have any issues with head gaskets at all. Uh, and so I would be, I would be curious to – to know you know exactly what's going on with that but yeah i've seen quite a few uh oil pans or uh and when i say oil pans they do like an upper pan and a lower pan a lot of the plant oil pans anymore are made out of plastic even uh from that side of it as well so yeah i saw that and but i guess that's it is what it is <laughs> yeah be more than happy to take a take a look at it you know, with you and I already and, got it scheduled for you guys to fix it. Yeah. But I was just wondering if that, you know, it's just funny how they didn't catch it at first, but then they said that the head gasket was leaking and they said, well, that could have been what started the oil pan gasket. And I thought, well, how does that work? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking maybe if it is the same thing, we just, the, the oil is just running down the you know, back of the block or something like that, where you couldn't really tell and pick you. it up. And you think it's, it, it Leaked enough to where it came down through there and looked like a pan gasket. So I probably ran around the pan gasket or whatever too, and and stuff like that. Right. Part. But well, uh, oil leaks, given the the right circumstances or situations, and sometimes they sometimes they're very obvious as to where they're coming from, and then sometimes they're you you think you know where they're coming from, and and right. you know it ends up being being something else because stuff stuff does travel different places you add the factor of the pressure of the oil if it is a if, if it is a pressure leak but then you just add the you know the all the air moving uh as you're going down the road that's circulating through that or from the cooling system uh from the cooling fans right. and stuff like that blowing across there and it'll it'll make that uh oil travel uh in, in a lot of different places for sure. So I have chased some wild oil leaks over my years of chasing things like that too. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Uh, of yeah, chasing well, you know, you, yeah. Well, you know, you always say, you know, never do an oil change on your own. And that's, this is the number one reason why I don't do it because if it had me bring this to you guys, they would never diagnose this. Yeah. You know, if I did it myself, I wouldn't know what to look for. Yeah. But you guys do exceptional work. So I'm really glad that you guys are going to be doing the work on it. Very cool. So when do you have it scheduled for? I know we're kind of scheduled out a little bit sometimes. Uh, it's coming in on the 15th. Yeah, okay. so I figured there's a little bit of time in between there. So uh, I hate it has yeah. to take that long to get in here, but I kind of use an analogy that if you go to a restaurant and no one's there, you probably don't want to eat. But if there's a weight line, there's a reason there's a weight line, right? Yeah. Got some right. good food. So. I trust you guys. You guys do exceptional work. So, you know, I'm very happy to bring it to you guys. Well, really appreciate that. Good. We'll uh, what, we'll watch good, on the 15th and take a look at it yep. when he gets here on the 15th, okay? I appreciate it, guys. Have a good weekend. You too, buddy. Thanks for the call. You bet. Thank you. You bet. Anyway, let's see. Got some notes coming in here that uh, Power Portal Free Charging Station. Ford's our brand. We trust and use Ford. Our company owner got in a huge wreck in Oklahoma last weekend, and a Ford saved a life. Very good on that. I uh, wonder what kind of Ford that was. So if, if you guys 
whoever expand on that. Yeah, love to bit. hear some more about that or whatever too. Uh, yeah, thank God. Like Delbert says, thank God he's okay and everything else too. So love to hear what kind of model that Ford was and all that kind of stuff too. If you have some, if you would like to call in three one six four six two three six seven three, or if you want to put something in the comment section over there about it, we'd love to talk about it. And, I'm just glad somebody is okay. I was just talking with somebody about that yesterday. Just uh, the advancements in, uh, you know, uh, safety in these vehicles. I mean, you think back of uh, uh, a decade ago and kind of where where cars were at and just compared to now, but even just the, the advancements from a couple of years ago to, to now. And there's so many things that the manufacturers put into these vehicles that a consumer has no clue that they're even there. Uh, you know, I think a crumple zones on, on yep. frame rails and we're looking at, uh, you know, different things back in the shop and trying to analyze why something looks the way it does and, and stuff like that. And, you know, as a manufacturer, uh, or as a, a consumer got no idea that that stuff's there and, and the research and development that these manufacturers put into, uh, put into these vehicles to make them safe. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to jump back in my time here a little bit, but I remember back in the eighties when they started putting airbags in cars mm -hmm. and a lot of manufacturers just put airbags in, they didn't actually, I mean, the technology we have today, they can detect somebody sitting in a seat or not. Then. Well, yeah. I mean, you have different stages State, in yeah. which that airbag deploys uh, based on, you know, the weight of the person in the seat. Yeah. And then well, what happened back in the 80s, the cars didn't have the airbags didn't match the crumple zones as good. But again, an airbag is still better than no airbag. And the first initial from people were when they were in a wreck, they would say, we know the airbag hurt me more. Well, hate to tell you, if you didn't have that airbag, you'd been hurt a lot worse. The airbag minimized your injuries. Sorry, you did have some injuries. I hate that too. But now today we've got airbags that deploy the speed wise and all that with the crumple zones and uh, so much technology together, uh, yeah. you know, is synced together from that. And I, I've gotten that conversation a lot is, uh, you know, hey, I was in an accident and my airbag didn't go off. I think there's a problem with the system. And I can assure you that, yeah, if, uh, you know, the airbag is really there for if it's a serious impact, it's yeah. it's a life-altering impact if, if an airbag goes off and that's its job is to prevent that, you know, prevent that from happening. So, yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people get misunderstood, too, about an airbag. It's not how fast you're going. When you hit impact, it's how quick you stop. Yeah. Uh, basically, the, the simple analogy that I can give you is basically a, say, a magnet is sitting on the on a magnet, and oh, there's a ball, takes a, yeah, yeah, a little so ball, and it's got enough inertia to knock it off of the ball to go move a little bit to hit the two connectors of the wire to complete the circuit. Uh, but then again, it takes at least two airbags, two sensors to fire it. Yeah. But also remember, each time you start your car, the airbag system goes through a simple test and checks everything from that part. And if it can't pass that test, it's going to turn your light on for you and know if you got an issue. So that's one thing I do love about the airbags. It does do that self-test every time you start the car. Okay, got some comments here back from the Power Portal free charging station. We had someone cross the center line and hit us head on. Ugh. It was terrifying and woke up in the hospital. I'm thankful for the first responders in Ford. I'd be dead today. God bless and thankful for the destiny. It's been a tough week. Well, I bet that has been a tough week. You hit somebody, next thing you know, you're waking up in the hospital. That is pretty tough. So I hope you're doing okay. Uh, uh, if you would love to tell us what kind of Ford you're in, we'd love to hear from that. You're making model maybe too from that part, but just glad you're okay. And uh, from that part, 
Yeah, that's uh, that's one of those things um, that, I mean, it just changes your whole perspective mm-hmm. on things uh, when something like that happens. And that's how quick and simple uh, or how quick and easy, uh, you know, uh, so, so things can change uh, for sure. That fast. Yep. yep that fast. That, so. that fast as, as well. And that's why, you know, last week or I don't, maybe it was a couple weeks ago. I think it was a couple weeks ago. We had that analogy of the, of the brake pads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when I uh, think of an incident like that, I think, you know, my go-to is, well, was there something wrong with the mechanically wrong with the vehicle that, that caused that, you know, cause I'm sure a large majority of incidents are human error uh, from that side of it. But, you know in the back of your mind that there's a probability or a possibility that it could have been a mechanical failure mm-hmm. and was it somebody that neglected something that that could have prevented something uh and so you know again with that i go back to the multi-point inspection of checking these things over making sure that that everything's uh in good working order and that the vehicle is going to be able to operate uh you know as it was designed intent uh from from that side because there are a lot of factors or a lot of maintenance items that can change that. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I think of this, the same thing uh, that I think of is on tires when uh, consumers are purchasing tires and they're strictly just looking at tires as a budget point. You know, I, I want the cheapest tire that I can get that will go on this car. Yeah. It's not, well, there's, there's a lot of factors that go into that. And if you've got the, if you're at the wrong facility or wrong establishment that you're purchasing your tires and they're just trying to appease you on a budget side of things, fit a size, yeah, fit a size. And they're not worried about the load or speed rating, or they're just trying to make a sale and that's what they have to offer. And that's what you get. Uh, you're changing the dynamics of that vehicle dramatically. I still remember when the speed rating tires first come out and, uh, you know, at that time, the speed rating, it was a more expensive, a lot more expensive tire than it was just to put the regular size on. I remember people talking about, well, you know what? I'm not going to be going that fast, so I don't care about that. Da, da, yeah. da. It's not about how fast you're going. That car is designed to have that type of tire on there to steer, to brake, to accelerate, and to maneuver with that kind of tire on there. And if you change that speed rating or change that load rating, you're changing so many characteristics of that car. Yeah, you're altering the dynamics of, of what it was manufactured to be, to have. Uh from that side of it and so i mean tires are obviously uh one of my huge uh huge things on go-to that's probably the most common thing that you see uh consumers i mean we take vehicles in on trades all the time and how many vehicles uh do we see come in that have tires that are the long wrong just the wrong tire for the vehicle in general uh as far as load rating and speed rating and and or just tread design uh, period. You know, I still see it today. I see cars rolling on our service driving stuff too. That have you can tell immediately when you look at the tire that it's the wrong application. It just doesn't belong on there. It doesn't belong on that truck or car or SUV, whatever it might be from that part. So just remember when you're buying tires, you're looking at purchasing tires and stuff like that too. Just don't look at the cheapest tire. Because the next thing is when you start looking at a cheap tire, guess how long it's going to last? It's not going to last as long as one ever. You're making an. I hate to say it, but you are making an investment in tires. Think about you just got four contact patches that are touching the road and uh, that's all it's holding you on that road that's and, it. and what you want to do with that or whatever. But my thing is with a tire, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you the first thing after I find my size and I find the speed and load rating, 
The next thing I'm going after is the wear rating. Yeah. What, how you. good is the wear rating of that tire? So if you've got a tire that's down the 200s, guess how long that thing's going to last? And it might, sometimes they're more expensive anyway because they're, they're a speed tire or whatever from that part. But I'm always looking for that higher a wear rating, not a mileage rating, because that's just something the manufacturer puts out there, but no, no one guarantees those miles at all on that situation. But I'm always trying to find the highest wear rating for a tire because then I know what I've got. Now, next thing is, is it going to be the cheaper tire, the more rare? No, it's not. It's going to be more expensive, but again, yeah. it's going to wear longer. So you're making your better investment by having a higher wear rating than a shorter wear rating from that part. You know, and I got a whole new respect for, uh, you know, just the the tire manufacturers or manufacturing process when we got the opportunity to go through uh Hoosier, Hoosier, yeah. Hoosier, Hoosier deal and i just had no idea the amount of uh manufacturing that went into a tire i had uh, no you clue know, all the different steps and and everything that uh uh <clears throat> went went along with that but then also just the research and development that they had as well you know that was the that was the other thing um that laboratory where they're checking the compounds and making sure running that, them on yeah, it yeah yep making sure that that everything uh, or that the tires that they're manufacturing are going to do what they say they're going to do yeah you know i remember before we went through the plant everybody said you're going to realize now why tires cost what they cost i'm thinking oh you're crazy you know everything else like that but then after really after going through the process and seeing that i get why tires cost what they cost well the other side of that i mean i was almost on the opposite end of the spectrum is that how can you manufacture this and sell it for that you know, looking mm -hmm. at just the manufacturing process and the workforce and the machinery that, that went into it. Uh, and on the Hoosier side of things, uh, just all the manpower that they had there to uh, how, how much of a human element was involved in that. Yeah, I was, I was, I was blown away by that too, but I, I know Hoosiers now that uh, Hoosiers been bought out by Continental. I know Continental's getting heavily involved with Hoosier and I know they're trying to bring some new technology to those plants up there in Indiana to do that part. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, uh, where that new technology goes to and, and uh, from that part too. Delbert, I'm going to go I'm going to need new tires sometime around November. I bought 80,000 mile tires and have used a little over a half. The tread wear at 45,000 miles. That's pretty good miles. Of course, Delbert, you're a lot of highway miles too, I believe, aren't you? And they're wearing great as well. I bought Bridgestones and have very good wear rating and cost about 850 bucks. And that's what I'm saying. It's a, it is a investment in tires. And that's why I'm going to roll back to that multi-point inspection. As we're doing that for you, each time we're measuring your tires, we're measuring your brakes, you can watch them wear down and you can plan for when you're going to need tires instead of it just being a surprise all of a sudden, bing, okay, now here, who's got the 800 or or $1,000 out of their pocket right now to buy a set of tires. That's what I love about monitoring that, watching that on how that will actually, when you're, when you're due. So yep. we got another caller coming through, yeah, right, we Josh? We'll we got another caller coming through here real quick. Get them patched through, so... And uh, good morning, uh, Jeremy. You're live with Under the Hood. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Jeremy. Hey, I have a question because you guys are talking about tires. So a couple of things. It's cool that you're talking about how you can actually watch the technology about, you know, the tread wearing down and stuff like that. But I got a question. So tires. Um, I got a vehicle. I just don't drive it very much. It's a, uh, you know, just get it out every once in a while when I need it, just kind of cruise around the block. But the tires are roughly, I think they're like nine, maybe 10 years old, but they don't have a whole lot of mileage on them. Maybe I think I'm, I'm about 30,000 miles on them. And they're, they're a good year brand of tire. So I know it's a good brand of tire. They're still the original factory tires. But what I've noticed on uh, the tire, the couple of tires on the back, it's like someone 
it's kind of like, like when you eat a piece of candy, how you kind of just take a little nibble off here and there, or like a piece of cheese, like a mouse was supposed to nibble, or like a little nibble here and there on the piece of cheese. Well, I noticed on the tread, on the two back tires, it's, it's like someone's just kind of like peeling off just a little nibble here, a little nibble, nibble there. So my question is, is that due to its age? Is it, I mean, it's, the vehicle's garaged all the time, is it? It can't be weather rot. I mean, what what could that be? One and then two. Uh, I'm assuming that's compromising the safety of the tire and the vehicle, and that could possibly cause a blowout. Should I change that, or am I good to go with still driving on it, even though, like I said, I, I only drive around the block, or might drive it a couple of miles, you know, every month or two. Yeah, that's a, a great question, and you are absolutely correct on, you know, as far as safety. But what that is is basically that uh, that rubber chemical uh, has lost its permeability, and there's just chunks of it coming off uh, from that side. And so that that is the tire breaking down. Uh, you know, typically uh, on Department of Transportation, they say about six years, uh, six to seven years on a on a set of tires is about all uh, the life that that tire is going to be good for. Um, but also, I mean, there's there's a couple other things that's probably happening in that situation uh, with you not driving it very often. The the vehicle will get uh, you know flat spots from the tire sitting uh, <clears throat> in one spot as well. But basically, that tire is hardening um, or curing more. Uh, over the years and eventually it just is is no longer permeable and it starts chunking apart like what you're, what you're seeing uh, and yeah that is a safety factor uh, the other side of that I don't know what kind of vehicle it is but you you know typically uh, oh it's a Ford yeah yeah typically uh, you see a lot of people who save a vehicle like that or don't drive it often uh, it's typically a performance vehicle uh, you know, uh, from that side of things and the amount of performance that you're also losing, uh, and in regards to traction, because that tire is hardening or stiffening, uh, is, is crazy as well. Um, so that brings a whole nother safety factor to it. That is not just the tire, but being able to make the vehicle, uh, perform or track, um, uh, uh, to get that grip that that you would need uh, or that it's rated to have um you know i don't know yeah if you got... the thing i'm going to bring to i'm kind of the same situation i got a corvette that i don't drive very much either and the tires on it's probably again like kind of your same situation nine years old i don't drive it very much but i do get it out a little bit here and there but if i decided i was uh -huh. also going to take it and go maybe say kansas city or i'm going to go to oklahoma or something with it or whatever i probably wouldn't take that car I, i'd probably put some tires on it before i went but just driving around town a little yes. bit you know, or take an occasional trip like I do with that car. And again, I'm the same boat. I got the tires are look like they're brand new. Uh, cause okay. I don't yeah, yeah. Them. And my, mine do too. Yeah. Uh, but if you're just going to cruise around a little bit or whatever, uh, I wouldn't get too worried about it, but if you're going to make a road trip or do something like that, then that's probably, you need to probably do something. Cause what's going to happen. You're going to get out on the road and the tire is going to get hot. And guess what? It's not going to be able to handle the heat and it's going to come apart on you or, or whatever too from that standpoint but okay. uh, feel your pain a little bit there too because i know i'm the same kind of way i don't want to spend the money on a set of tires or something i'm just mm -hmm. driving around a little bit or whatever but mm -hmm. again if i did decide i was going to take that corvette and run to kansas city or whatever i'd, I'd, say I'd have to put a set of tires on before i went and then again going back to the performance aspect is that just know that you know yeah. you're not going to be able to get on that car like yeah. like you would if it had a fresh set of tires on it because those know? tires sure, as old sure. as they are they're hard 
uh, uh, too, from that standpoint. And uh, they're just not going to grip okay. easy stuff, too. And I'm going to tell you, when I get my vet out, when I do get it out, Marino, <laughs> I can tell they are pretty hard. Uh, doesn't take much to let <laughs> break them loose anymore, too. So, Sure, uh, sure. Well, I, I, I definitely appreciate uh, it's been it's uh i watch you guys all the time so i love your show and it's great that you guys are talking about tires because that was the question that i asked i'm glad you guys have answered my uh, questions and hey like i said i enjoy watching you guys on saturdays appreciate that call text or whatever i say that call anytime you want other questions you got whatever love to yeah. hear from you and then uh the other side and i'll throw this out there too i was going to do it earlier but uh with this next week <laughs> Uh, this really was unrelated to what we were going to talk about at this point in the show, but next week we have a buy three, get one free. Uh, Ford has offered the that to us uh, to extend to our customers. So any any tire that uh, we can get on our Ford, uh, Ford tire sales program, which is about 17 different oh. manufacturers, they have a buy three, get one free special going. Uh, why they've only run it for a week, I don't know. It drives but, us uh, crazy. Drives, drives me crazy, but uh, got to gotta be started and finished on, uh, from Monday to Friday uh, with that program. Oh, is so that next week? It is next week. So, um, Oh, okay. It, well, it, yeah. What, how, how? How coincidental! It that is uh, <laughs> yeah. oddly coincidental, but uh, if <laughs> if that's something that you want to look at, and it's time to time to put tires on that thing, uh, if somebody else is picking up the bill on on one of the tires, you know that's definitely makes it makes it worth it. Anyway, well, the dates so. Kelly's just texted our quick lane managers May second through the sixth. May second. Okay, so I'll have to relook at that. <laughs> <He's>, uh, <laughs> he has some questions going to too. So let us know if we can help you some tires. Love right. to help you there too. Make you pretty good savings there. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Enjoy the show. Hey, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Hey, another thing, yeah, Josh. Bye-bye. Yeah, hey, you too, buddy. Hey, another thing we didn't talk about. Rex just come on here, too, about proper inflation. Yes. And that is, that's another whole story we can spend some time on, too, is proper inflation. We probably should have talked to Jeremy about that, too, about keeping the car setting like that, of watching the tire pressures and stuff, too, because I tell you, everybody, you can look at the side of the tire, and that's going to give you what it's called the max pressure. But that's maybe not what your tire, you know, your car is designed to have. For example, uh, you can open your door, and there's a placard on there that gives you the tire sizes, all that kind of stuff you need to have. But then it's also going to have the uh, pressure that that car needs. So, for example, your car might take 35 pounds of pressure, but the sidewall of the tire, when you look at the side, says maybe max 44 pounds. Uh, so, do you put 44 or do you put 35 in it? No, you put 35 in it because that's what the car needs. Now. If you're a truck uh, and you're running empty and the truck says you need to have, I'm going to take a Super D, for example. I believe what the Super Ds are, if you pop my head, the fronts are 65 and the rear is 80. Yeah. Uh, the reason for that is, is the load you would have on that truck is why you need 80 pounds in the back. Now, do you need to be having 80 pounds in that tires when you're driving just normal? No. Josh is shaking his head. Well, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. yeah. If you're, yeah, if you're not uh, pulling a load or not whatever, a load or I mean, whatever. it's going to affect the ride. That ride, that truck's going to r- ride so much uh, stiffer uh, for sure. With but, 80 pounds in it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can only go so low before it's going to turn the tire light on uh, from that part. But proper inflation is crucial of keeping your contact patch even across your tire. A low inflated tire is going to wear the outside edges. An overinflated tire is going to wear the center of the tire off. And every time you're running on those two, either outside edges or just the center, guess what's happening to your contact patch? Your contact patch is cut in half or 30% or 50% or 80%, whatever it might be, depending on the pressure of that tire. So proper inflation is crucial. Uh, for when you're keeping track of that stuff. And that's why I love the tire pressure monitoring system we have on our cars today because you can look at that pressure immediately and tell you where it's at. Now, I do wish they would come on a little sooner, to be honest with you, Josh. I wish they wouldn't get so the variance of how low it gets where it turns that light on because by that time you're 
sometimes you can be in, in trouble. Yeah. From that part. So good, good comment there, Rex, is the uh, proper inflation is key. We, we've talked about the load rating, the speed rating, and all that kind of stuff, but we never really touched on that pressure. So always open your door up, look at what your driver's door says, and that's the pressure that that car has been designed for to run and take care of. So make sure that's what you're doing. So, yeah, I had to look at this, uh, uh, look this deal up, but I, uh, I am wrong. It is May 2nd through the 6th. So, uh, yeah, yeah. we're going to have to mark that down on the calendar as well. So first time, you know, first time this year, right? <laughs> Probably maybe first time this morning. I don't know. <laughs> and let's get another little alpha here. Let's Kelly. Some reason wants me to talk about death fluid today. You know why that might be? No idea. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. So as you don't know about death fluid, that's diesel exhaust fluid that these super duties now run in these trucks. And it's, I know a lot of guys don't like it and a lot to take them off and all that kind of stuff too, but uh, it's getting harder and harder for the manufacturers to let you get in there and program that thing out of there. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a big fan of death fluid because of what it does, uh, how it keeps the, the, the fluid pumping into the actual filter and keeps it clean and keeps the commissions coming out the back tailpipe and stuff. Now I granted back in 08, when they first put these things on, they just had trucks already designed and they just put these filters on. And I think it's a lot like tire pressure monitor sensors when they very first come out, you know, obviously the advancements in technology has come so far since conception or, you know, when they originally uh, started on this deal that the, you know, it's so much better uh, and does a much better job of exactly. what the intent is for. Well, that engines now and the powertrains are designed to have that in there. And the manufacturers have built that into that situation. Granted, does it have failures? Does it have problems? Is it a pain in the butt when all of a sudden you're, the light comes on, you got 499 miles to put, before you got to put death fluid yeah. in it? Yeah, I get it. But again, what it's doing and everything else too. Question just popped up is Delbert needs tires in November, but can he buy the tires and we can hold on to them till December? Yeah, that is sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, it's one of those things they they are are made exactly sure for that exact same thing that this is a from start date to end date deal uh on that side of it so that's uh that's one thing that i hate about just this short little blip of how long they uh how long they let this thing go um you know to me when you're talking five days i mean some consumers may not be able to make even that happen. So. <laughs> Come on, Josh, you're a party pooper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, some, some consumers, uh, you know, our customers can't, can't even make that happen or fit in that schedule or to all of a sudden even budget for three tires uh, on that side of things. So, yeah, I get it. So, Hey, anyway, 316-462-3673. Love to hear from you. If you want to talk about anything about ailing your car, tires, brakes, batteries, or this tire situation, whatever works. We'd love to hear from you. 316-462-3673. So anyway, um, yeah, Josh, party pooper. <laughs> it Del happens. Delbert calling you out. Just like that. I was wrong today already once. So. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. that's on the movie. Uh, blind side. And she says that and he goes, how's that taste coming out your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways. Okay. So we've talked about tires. We've talked about multi-point now, Josh, we had an exciting week here, uh, with North high in their, yep. uh, auto tech class. And so kind of tell everybody what we did, what happened there and all that kind of uh, stuff. So that actually happened. I don't, dates are running together here, but we had a, a visit with Pratt community college, uh, first that was, uh, probably two weeks ago. Uh, I think from that side of things. Um, and then, uh, 
Pratt Community College uh, came out and visited us and took a tour of all the facility. Um, and then they have uh, some feeder high schools. It's uh, Kingman and the surrounding uh, surrounding areas feed into to Pratt Community College. Um, and again, they spent the day with us. We went down and toured the BG uh Man, or not the manufacturing, but the research and development uh, center over there. And, you know, I think they were all struck and just, again, the amount of research and development that BG does and really appreciated the uh, BG opening up their doors and letting those students uh, tour that facility. Um, and then the second we had lunch uh, and then the second half of the day they came over here and uh, we went through the quick lane and the main store and the warehouse and uh, all of that stuff and and it was a really good <clears throat> a really good day with those students um, and then uh, the week after that uh, we hosted North High up here uh, and we did a competition with North High so there was uh, some prerequisites that the students had uh, had to do in order to compete in the competition. So we had a class of about 20 uh, students and out of those 20 students, uh, eight of them were uh, elected to compete in the competition based on uh, some class requisites that they got to do. A lot of it was uh, multi-point inspections on vehicles that they had coming into their shop throughout the last month or so. Uh, and and going over those multi-point inspections. Uh, and then the instructor went over the multi-point inspections with the students after they completed them just to, to see what they noticed and, and things that they had looked at and found uh, on different vehicles. Um, and then some of the other prerequisites uh, to be able to compete in this competition was Ford offers uh, to these students uh, and it's called an ACE program. And basically it's uh, Ford training. So it's uh, very similar to what we, uh, what our technicians train, uh, what our technicians train on. So it's just a, a start of that. And um, so the number of, of these curriculums that they completed, they got credit for that. So he come, uh, uh, Darren was able to get it down to eight students uh, that were able to compete uh, during the competition. And so they spent the day here. And as we were having the competition, uh, half the group got to do one-on-one -on -one shadowing with the technicians at the main store. And the other half got to do one-on-one -on -one, uh, shadowing with the technicians at the quick lane. And then we switched in the afternoon. So they got to experience both, uh, both shops and uh, be able to be one-on-one -on -one with uh, with each of the technicians as well. Uh, and so the, the competition was pretty in, the, the, insane yeah, too. The competition it? went, uh, went really well. And, uh, we had, a we had a really good time with it, uh, from that side of things. But honestly, I think from the, the students side of things, I mean, they, they gain value in it, but I think they also gain quite a bit of value in just being able to, to spend time with those technicians uh, on a one-on-one -on -one basis and to be able to ask questions. And Anyway, know. the competition was the works, right? Uh -huh. That's yep. what, so yeah. the competition was the works, which is an oil change and tire rotation. Uh, we use Motorcraft oil and filter uh, products, um, you know, during that um, with them. Let's, uh, we'll, Take this phone call here, and we'll go more into to, the competition. Yeah, come back to this. So let's go to the phone and talk to Darren. Darren, you're on live with Under the Hood. Yes, I'd like to ask a question. <clears throat> I've got a uh, 2005 Ford Ranger. It's got a stick shift on it, and I noticed lately, whenever I 
drive it and stop at the stop sign or something, and I shifted into low gear in the first, it's a lot harder to shift than it used to be. It shifts all right through the rest of the gears, but I was wondering, is what can be done about this? It's a lot harder to shift now in first gear. Just to get it in first gear or get it out of first gear? It could end to first gear. Hmm. Is it grind at all? No, you don't. It just, it, it just seems like a lot harder to get. It, just it, harder. To, I will get it in. It, it, I will get it in the first gear eventually, but it's a lot. <laughs> it, it don't go in the first or second time. Yeah. It's just, so it takes a lot more force to push it into the gear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is yeah. there something wrong with the first gear or something or? Yeah. So there's a, a couple of things that could be going on. Um, one, I would wonder about just the actual linkage in the shifter itself. Um, how many miles are on this thing and what year is it? It's, it's, a, it's a 2005 and it's got 78,000. 78,000. So I would wonder uh, about the linkage um, on the on the shifter itself. Uh, if it's going into all the other gears, I would say that that's probably a little less likely. Uh, but then one... Uh, the synchronizers for that uh, first for that first gear. If there's something going on with the synchronizers into first, uh, that could easily be uh, easily be the ca cause of it. And then you know the other thing would just be uh, the clutch itself. But if you're not having uh, trouble in any other gears, I would say that that would be a little less likely. Um, how about going into reverse? Everything okay there? Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. In every gear, it's fine. Except, as I say, it's a little. It's harder to get in the first than it used to be. Yeah, I would say that there's probably something going on with the synchronizers uh, for that first gear. Um, would be would be most likely, I guess. But what we can do, we can throw a the diagnostic. Next thing I was going to throw yeah. out. When's the When's the last time you had the fluid changed? Uh, oh, you, oh, you in the transmission. Yeah. What? You guys did well. It was done over a quick lane about a year ago. I okay. had it done. Yeah, I was going to say if you hadn't had it done, it might be something maybe to change some fluid out or whatever, get some new fresh fluid under, maybe it'd slide a little better or something from that part. But if we have just changed yeah. in the last year or whatever, then I'm with Josh. I think you got something going on with a synchronizer in that first gear is what you've got going on. Oh, does does that mean? Uh, when you say synchronized, does that mean taking the transmission apart? Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it would be an it internal is. internal component inside of the transmission. But we ought to okay. take a look at it. Josh, I think he's getting ready to throw yeah. a diagnostic okay. on there. We can take a look at it and see if that's what we think once we feel it, see it, hear it, all that kind of good stuff too. And but I still okay. think that's what you're leaning towards. And I'm going to tell you that uh, for the amount of money that it takes to probably fix those synchronizers, I'd probably live with how hard it gets in until it gets really hard to push before I'd spend the money to take a training out. And, and replace yeah. those synchronizers is what I would be before. I would be spending the money on it to, to fix it. But again, we ought to take a look at it and just see what we think. And that's where stuff. Okay. Too. Okay. That's what I'll do. Thank you. Yep. We'll get that added onto your package. Thanks for the call. Uh-huh. Yeah. So anyway, Josh, that's the other thing I was going to say. I mean, the amount of money it takes to fix that, if that's what it is. I, I'd have to wait quite a while before I would. Yeah. I think it's, you know, obviously going to depend on, on how hard it is to operate the thing for sure. Uh, you know, would make a, make a determination from there. Um, as to, as to yeah when, 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 when the time it. is right for that, for sure. So, yeah. um, 
but uh anyways going back to this competition yeah that, back to the competition had, with north high uh, so we divided the techs or divided the students uh each side and then while we were doing that uh they each got the opportunity to perform the work service uh and so what we did uh kelly and and i uh went through and we had uh, five got five escapes uh, one so there was two man teams uh from the students um and we got five escapes from our rental department so everybody was working on same car same year make model uh, vehicle uh had a two engines there was either a two liter or one five all the students knew this going into it what vehicle that, that we're going to be Take working a little on. prep work before okay uh-huh. And we had went through and and put some bugs in these uh, in these escapes. And so, from the multi point inspection side of it, there was going to be three to six items that every escape had, had on it. it. Mm-hmm. Okay, which uh, we gave them the parameters of three to six items, just so they knew what they were looking for, and they were going to be extremely obvious items. Um, and for purpose of, uh, I guess the the judging side of things, there was three on every one of them, but nobody knew that going in. Okay. Um, because each, uh, it was a timed event. So oil change, tire rotation and multi-point inspection from start to stop was timed. And then there was a list of, uh, probably, you know, five or six things that would add a minute to your time. If you missed them. Missed. Okay. Uh, so it was, uh, one was torque in the wheels. Uh, one was, uh, oil change sticker, in the window one was resetting the oil life uh monitoring uh system on it um i think uh the other one was uh topping off all the fluids under the hood um and then you got a minute for each item that you missed on a multi-point inspection so if there was an item that you didn't get checked you added a minute's minutes time for that so what'd you do about if you found the the problems or didn't find the the bugs yeah so if you didn't find the bugs you got a minute for each one of those two okay uh and then if you found everything then that just it didn't add any additional time to your then you got a completed multi-point inspection so was there any bragging rights going on before this all started a little razzing going on before it got started before it all started so what we did is uh, i had surprised (laughs) i wasn't involved in that (laughs) i had some uh tool kits uh for first and second place i think it was about a 300 dollars value of a craftsman tool kit on uh the first place group so the first two uh and then the second was uh like 150 or 200 dollar tool kit um to those guys and then we had a uh, quick trip gas cards and then uh texas roadhouse uh, gift cards for third and fourth so everybody got everybody that got the opportunity to compete got something out of the deal and then uh, at the end of the deal um we also offered a 250 dollar uh, prepaid gift card to the group that would be able to beat our team. So we had a two man team, uh, that works here in house with us. And, you know, we got, uh, we got everybody back together at the end and I will tell you everybody watched. So all the students were watching They're all the whole quick lane, just kind of stopped for a little bit. I felt so bad for the pressure on these two guys, just because, you know, that was really wasn't part of the deal, but all they knew that they were going to do was a timed event. Yeah. You know, of doing an oil change and tire rotation. And so uh, we're going throughout the day. Well, these two guys are in the other building. Uh, I can't so see what's going so on with the other guys. can't see what's really going on. And then we also divided it up to where uh, when they, when the students that were competing were there, it was just them. It, well, they were, 
the other students that were competing, they didn't get to see what the other people did or, you know, uh, so they couldn't strategize any, um, uh, they, yeah, they, yeah, they couldn't. They so couldn't our guys are a little bit of a disadvantage yeah. in what you're really saying. Yeah. Well, what I will say is throughout the day, other techs that were around were going back to those guys and saying, man, they just busted that thing out like in eight or nine minutes. And so I think, uh, I think there was a little bit of a mental game, uh, being played, not even by the students, by our <laughs> technicians with, uh, with the other two individuals that were, that were doing this. And so it, uh, you know, it was a very fun and exciting atmosphere for everybody had a really good time, uh, and you know it was uh what blew me away watching those students you know do this and and talking with darren too he says you know my job is to teach them how to do something uh how to be accurate about something and he says we don't really work on speed uh of something and i get that from his standpoint and that yeah. is something that you know as you refine your talent the speed will come mm -hmm. um but it was uh it was very interesting to be able to uh show those students how important efficiency is and to be thinking about footsteps, you know, and, and what you're doing and that make your actions purposeful. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, you know, after it was all said and done, you guys had lunch and everything. And then Lisa and I came over and talked to the kids and stuff. It was fun to see the, the energy of those kids, uh, and that sort of thing. And, uh, let me tell you, brought back a long time ago, cause I was in their shoes a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, co and comparing the differences that I've, what I got to do back when I was in the Votech school and, and learning to be a tech and everything else too. And what they're going through and stuff like that from that standpoint. And I still make my same analogy today that back in my day, if you walked into a shop and a technician had his shop manual out, he had no idea what he was doing today. If they don't have their laptop out, they have no clue what they're doing today without a laptop and stuff like that too. But you think about it, even doing a simple oil changes and all that kind of stuff, they've got to have a laptop to be able to look up the specifications, look up the torque specs, look up the, how much oil, the right, you know, everything Quantities there. and weights and yes. oil life reset procedure. Oil you life know, reset procedures. That, uh, and so the, the reason that we put the emphasis on those really kind of five things is because that's, uh, as a consumer, you know, if you leave here and a week later your oil life monitor light comes on uh, you instantly you know you go to well what what else didn't get done or did i even get an oil change and you know there's that car doesn't monitor the oil it's just an algorithm that's set yeah. on there you know we yes we changed oil on it and it was a step that was missed and then the other side of that is it's not so bad now but years ago what vehicle had it and what vehicle didn't i mean and then where to go to access it and every one of them was i think that's something in my opinion that every manufacturer needs to make like an obd2 connector there's a a manufacturer standard that everybody has to meet on where that connector is located yep and you know i think the same thing needs to be true on the the maintenance uh maintenance reset procedure from from that side of it um but yeah, years ago, you you wouldn't know what vehicle. You could have two two escapes in there, and one would have it, and one wouldn't. I know, you know and I'm not it's picking like, on it. That's like cabin filters like, driving yeah. me crazy. Well, uh, like every other uh, other one from that. And side think about what we're going to be doing with some of these 22s and 23 model year vehicles that all these manufacturers are making. That they took things off so they could make them because we didn't have parts or they didn't have the chips or doing anything yeah. else like that. Think about how hard that's going to get 
three and four or five years down the road with some of those situations too. Same scenario and everything else like that too. Oh, Rex is being real funny today, Josh. Oh yeah. Fewer fewer moving parts on a Model T, Phil. <laughs> Not quite that old, Rex, but I have worked on a few Model Ts. I will tell you that. But very funny, very funny, Rex. So anyway, yeah. So that was a fun, exciting to talk to those kids and see the energy in those kids and see the excitement of those kids and stuff like that too. To to go back through there and, and stuff like that too. Now, what's going to be really interesting for me is just see how those kids progress through their career and all that kind of stuff and where they end up at and all that kind of stuff too and everything else. And, you know, I go back to where I started and, and I got, I got out of the dealership world and went into that independent world for about a year and realized, Oh, this isn't good because I can't get trained. I want to know what I'm doing. I want to know that I can get training and stay up to date and all that kind of stuff. So I knew I had to get back into a dealership. And that's one of the things I try to tell those kids in there today is this, I promised them two things. One, you're always going to train. And number two, you're always going to be buying tools. Yeah. Well, and then from that side of things too, is that, uh, you're always going to be employed. You can go anywhere in the world. And if you have a trade right now, like, yeah, the, the I don't value, care. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a technician, uh, from that side of things, uh, that, you know, there's a, uh, there's a huge demand for that. And yeah. I would encourage, uh, anybody to get into that. Um, plumbers, electricians, you know, uh, all of it. it, it doesn't matter what it is. And, you know, um, for me to, and that, that's what I was trying to explain to the students as well, is that, uh, to know where you want to go and then take the shortest path to get there. Don't, don't go out and go to school for two years or four years for something and then get into that industry and realize, you know, this isn't really what I wanted to do. That's going to set you back so much further uh, in the long run. Identify where you want to go now and then what's the shortest path to get there. But then also get in that industry, be yep. a part of it so that you know now that's really what you want to do. You know, don't, don't let it be foreign to you. Do all the study and, you know, uh, schooling yep. to get there and then get there and be like, yeah, this really wasn't for me. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. That's where, you know, I've, I've been talking to several, uh, instructors of the Votech school, talking to several of the Ford trainers, uh, uh, the recruiting guys and all that kind of thing too, is I think we, the trade schools need to be talking to these kids when they're seventh and eighth graders, not when they're seniors and juniors uh, talking to them about what's going on in the real world and stuff like that too. Uh, I think we get them younger to understand what's in these traits and somehow, like you said, Josh, give them a little bit of taste of that trait. And I don't care what it is. Like I said, mechanics, electricians, plumbers, whatever it might be, to give them a taste of that so they know what they're at. And uh, I think the mentality back in my day was you went to Votech schools, you couldn't, you weren't smart enough to go to a college. Well, I can't yeah. tell you, I wasn't going to college. I wasn't going to put myself, I wasn't going to, I wouldn't dare come close to putting all those classes and stuff. That's not what I wanted to do. Uh, you know, it's like I told those technicians, those, those students that day is still my favorite job at the dealership is working on cars. I love it. I love yeah. being in the back in the grease and the grime and doing all the stuff too. But, uh, uh, of course, today I ain't got my laptop out. I'd be in trouble. <laughs> well, in my analogy of that, you know, or what you were saying about uh, years ago with uh, a technician and a shop manual versus today a laptop and a computer. I mean, we had a, a vehicle, you know, come in uh, yesterday, and it's, I mean, not uncommon. It's, it's every vehicle, but what it takes to just honestly hook up a computer and pull codes out of a vehicle 
these days with all the different modules and all the different communications and uh you know the the manufacturer system i mean it is it's honestly probably a 10 to 15 minute process yeah. just, just to a, do that now you know how i used to read codes the very first time i read codes a paper, paper clip, clip. Right. put it in the aldl and uh, tim laughs at me i call it but the aldl is what we call the connector instead of an ob2 connector you put the paper clip on these two wires and you'd watch the check it's engine light flash. flash and you'd count it and you knew what code you had and you had it's a, just a two-digit code now we're at four digit codes and like you said all well, the yeah, other sub codes to it you know you got the, yeah. the uh, first identifier of you know kind of what system uh and then the, the actual three-digit code itself but then there's sub identifiers uh that go on even a couple more digit places uh from that side of things and when you're talking you know 50 60 modules in these things and everything's communicating together uh and yeah you may have this one fault or sensor that's broke but it may be put 10 or 15 codes into all the different modules by the time they all communicate and yeah. talk to each other and and stuff like that i so, mean we had back in my days i still remember the codes code 13 oxygen sensor and i can promise you got a code 13 you need to replace an oxygen sensor code 21 th throttle position sensor code 33 map sensor i mean <laughs> you, you knew what was going on now today even though the code is titled that that doesn't mean that's what the problem was and i'll, I'll give an example of that today was just this week i went back there and there was uh david back there and he's got the interior of this truck gutted and he's chasing a wire down and uh, i said it's amazing what you got to do to trace that down and find it and finally he found it and i'm telling you josh he brought it to me later that day and it was about a quarter inch piece of wire that he found under the seat that had got pinched and it was a quarter inch yep and he replaced it fixed it up and get it back together but we had to tear that whole truck apart to find it and trace it down through there for that part so there's so many things going on you can't just say that's what the code description is and that's going to fix your problem years ago yeah i could put a 33 and put a map sensor in and probably fix it so i put a throttle position in it, fix it and go yeah i get uh you know uh trying to convey that to a consumer over diagnosis sometimes is is so hard and i get it from the consumer standpoint uh but i nobody understands what it takes on the back side of this to yeah really diagnose a car and to and to fix it well and let's go you know i don't want to knock rag on these parts stores but they have these code readers and they just put yeah. a code in they get a quick code to sell them a part or whatever i mean that code reader is probably 100 maybe 200 bucks we got five and six thousand dollars tied up in these scanners to read yeah. these codes correctly uh then let alone we got the scanners those five six thousand dollar ones are ones we have for ford plus the laptop in there on top of that five six thousand but then you've got the other ones we have for the other makes and models we work on yeah and those are 10, 15, even sometimes $20,000 we spend on just scanners, not code readers, scanners to read these codes correctly, properly diagnose your car and basically put one part on it and not put three or four parts on it if we eliminate which one's not having the problem from that standpoint. So these codes are these check engine lights and all the lights and all that kind of stuff. Again, it's how we talk about Josh. It's the car's talking to you, telling you it needs some help and you can't ignore it. The longer you let it ignore, the worse it's going to cost you, the more it's going to cost you uh from that part so the sooner you can get that light on get, get that light diagnosed or whatever the better, better off, you off you are yep exactly. for sure hey we're running out of time everybody and uh been some great calls on here this morning and uh rex wait until they integrate chat gpt into cars i hope that ever happens buddy 
uh, help, it doesn't happen. So uh, anyway, everybody, it's a great Saturday. Finally, the cold, I hope, is gone. I hope summertime is here because I'd much rather sweat than freeze as we were freezing last night at the kids take over the ballpark at the uh, down at the ballpark this uh, last night. So hopefully it's going to be a warm rest of the, uh, the summer and we can go. And yeah, I know some of you don't like to sweat, but you think you put some clothes on and stay warm. Not me. I want to sweat. I don't want to freeze and it's, I can't uh, stay it's warm. It's going to go from this to a hundred. I think <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we really need so. the rain is what we need. And we had some good rains here. So yeah. everybody's getting some of that too. And, and that kind of thing too. But yeah, I had some good rainstorms come through and stuff from that part. So, uh, Hey, everybody, uh, let's run through real quick. Uh, BG Products, uh, one of the great sponsors we have of this show, all the great preventative maintenance products we use right inside here at Mel Hamilton Ford. And also uh, Big Corner Karate for all your advertising needs, anything you need to help advertise your business, race car wraps, window wraps, anything at all to help make your business go. As Jesse says, with those, his great crew people down there, just Google us. And, of course, go to rent. Hey, uh, I'm getting that fleet a little better for staying at go to rent right inside here at Mel Hamilton Ford. If you need something for the holidays coming up or the summer vacations, make sure you get in line and get your reservation ready to go and everything else, too. Delbert, thank you. And Rex, thank you. And everybody, everybody have a great Saturday. And uh, we'll talk to you next Saturday, 9 a.m.